Hello and welcome to Our Community is Able podcast. Our Community Able is Able podcast is about health and wellbeing topics for people with an intellectual disability. Carers, family members and the wider community are also welcome to listen in. Our Community is Able is brought to you by Grampians Community Health. We are here for you, your family and our community. It is also brought to you by the SPIDER project from West Vict Western Victoria Primary Health Network. SPIDER stands for Supporting People with an Intellectual Disability to Access Healthcare. The SPIDER project is trying to make access to healthcare services better for people with intellectual disabilities. I'm your host, Letitia Stevens. I'm a person of disability. I have a learning disorder, which means I have dyslexia, the disorder of words, and dyscalculia, the disorder of numbers. Although I prefer to identify with the term neurodivergent. Now, let's get into this week's episode. to another episode of Archipedia's Able. This is our final episode for the series. A big thank you to our disability community and our listeners, and let's get into today's episode. I would like to introduce Kerry Robinson and Nicole Radford, who are working as the project managers on the SPIDER project, supporting people with an intellectual disability to access healthcare. Kerry comes with understanding disability from having a family member with complex high needs growing up and over 30 years of working across a range of community services and disabilities and mental health programs. Kerry is a strong and passionate advocate in the, in the promotion of inclusive practices for all members of, of the community. Nicole brings experience from working as a local area coordinator or a LAC, partnering with NDIS and has particular interest in health in the health sector and responsibilities of health services to providing accessible, high quality care. So what is the Western Victoria Primary Health Network? Nicole, would you like to help us out with that one? Sure. So where Kerry and I work is the Western Victoria Primary Health Network, and they have an important role in facilitating the delivery of best practice primary health care across our region, as there is lots of people who live in this area who have a disability. The Commonwealth Government fund the work of primary health networks, or PHNs, around Australia, and in total there are 31. PHNs work in their local areas to support primary health care professionals to provide quality health outcomes for members of their community. We use our knowledge and expertise of local health and healthcare needs to support general practice, including Aboriginal community-controlled organisations, commission or purchase locally needed services, and integrate local services and systems. Western Victoria Primary Health Network achieved these goals by working collaboratively with health services, health providers and community organisations and individuals to identify priority health issues and develop region-wide as well as localised programs and projects that directly respond to healthcare needs. Yes, and so that was pretty much where the SPIDER program came from as well, the Western Victoria Primary Health Network. Kerry, would you like to let us know a bit more about the SPIDER program too? So in July 2021, the National Roadmap for Improving the Health of People with an Intellectual Disability was launched. This highlighted that people with an intellectual disability had more than twice the rate of avoidable deaths, twice the rate of emergency department and hospital admissions, substantially higher rates of physical and mental health conditions and significantly lower rates of preventative health care. 
So the Sabida project commenced in 2021 using a co-design approach. That simply means that we went out and talked to different people across the community, including people with lived experience of a disability and their supporters and a range of other community and professional organisations. With that, we came, we um, got six key themes from our co-design learned phase. The first one was accessibility and reasonable adjustments. That means thinking about what the process is or how we access a service and what little differences or tweaks we need to make to help them be accessible for anyone and everyone in the community. Workforce, that talks about who do we need to upskill, what professional people like GP, general practitioners or practice nurses or mental health professionals. We also realised that mental health services also needed some upskilling and supports. So we've got a few things coming up in the first half of 2024 to see how some upskilling and training can be done with those professionals to learn more about how to work more effectively with people with an intellectual disability and other members of the community. Also, creating safer communities. We realise for lots of different people, and when you look at the, the findings of the Royal Commission, that abuse and sexual abuse and all kinds of things are still happening for people um, in, the, in the community. So we wanted to look at how we can create safer communities. And we've done that in a range of ways, which will be in our upcoming report um, in 2024. We also interface with other um, sectors, such as hospitals and specialist services or the Department of Justice, family services, the NDIS, to list just a few. And of course, people with a disability do all sorts of things throughout their lives. So it's important that we also know what impact when it comes to primary health care and those professional agencies they work with and we work with and how we can make them work together. Our project approach was doing the workforce training and developing development using a range of tools, mostly online webinars and workshops. We also have created a list of information and resources that will help not only disability providers and family members and other supporters, but also health professionals, in particular primary health professionals such as general practice clinics. And we also um, are engaging in advocacy as well. We know that we, when we work in partnerships with a whole range of groups, including people with lived experience of a disability and supporters and other organisations that are like-minded, and we advocate strongly that we can actually resolve a lot of the accessibility issues um, to be able to access good services and get high-quality health care. For sure. I think... Um what you've touched on there with the SPIDER program is so important, not only just, I guess, informing our communities about, you know, engagement and advocacy, but also upskilling those workers and providing those resources. So what are inclusive practices? So people with a disability have the right to access healthcare just like everyone else in the community. There are some good resources online by the Australian Commission on Safety and Quality in Healthcare which include but are not limited to the four steps to inclusive healthcare with me and about me. So these include, number one, plan with me, planning for reasonable adjustments for a safer and higher quality of healthcare. Number two, understand me, know what is usual for me 
so you can work out what healthcare I need and how best to support me. Number three, communicate with me, talk with me and include me in conversations about my diagnosis and treatment. Know my capacity and my right to be supported in making decisions about my healthcare. And four is act with me. Follow up on my test results and treat my health issues. Don't assume my symptoms, illness or disease are a part of my disability. Well said, Nicole. I think like everybody deserves to um, be listened to when engaging with their healthcare. And I think it's incredibly important for our disability communities too. So, Kerry, can you explain a bit about reasonable adjustments as well? Yes, certainly. Thanks, Letitia. So, Annie, Jane and I deliver face-to-face training sessions which are called inclusive and best practice in healthcare for people with an intellectual disability. Although I do need to say that it supports other people, other groups as well, not just people with an intellectual disability. And the focus for this training is on clinics and organisations. So creating a shared vision of what inclusive and best practice is for everyone in that clinic. And what I mean by that is making sure that it doesn't matter whether it's the lady at reception or person at reception through to the practice nurse or the general practitioner, that everybody knows how to work, talk directly to the person with a disability and their supporters, engage with them and then look to how they best work with them. Um, Every single person within the clinic or service plays a role to ensure the service is accessible, including of the website, so we want to make sure that's in easy read with no jargon, and also that assessments that are undertaken are also put in easy English, and particularly when giving the information back to the person so they can follow up with the next steps in their health care. And that means by looking at their, their best way of communicating, whether it be a social story or whether it might be putting pictures on the page and speaking how these steps need to be taken and who needs to support the person to do that. It's also about understanding the importance of connecting directly with the person by looking at them and speaking with them and not just their supporters. A tip is asking the patient three things about themselves. We can call it a patient profile. The SPIDER team have actually created a bit of a profile and it talks about things that's important to a person such as, do you have a dog? And if you do, what might be your dog's name? Or what are the things that you don't necessarily like? Sometimes if you've had a a not so very good health experience, like having a needle, that that leaves a bit of a bad taste in your mouth and sometimes you don't want to go back. It's really helpful that the clinic know that. So that if you do need to have a needle, because you do need to have your immunisations, that we can go back and support you and create steps to make sure that it's a better experience and not so scary because we know that. Some of the things we are still looking um, at doing and working with clinics on are how they tailor their communication approach to each and every person. That's really important. Another area we are looking at is pharmacists and medication information. We know that when medication is given Often the person doesn't know what that medication has been given for. So what we're going to ask pharmacists to do is actually tell people what that medication is for and then explain 
what the signs and the symptoms are that that medication might create so that if it's not a good medication and it doesn't work well for the person, that their supporters or the either family or your support worker can actually know that they might need to take you back to the GP to say this isn't working or the medication's too strong. We might need to reduce it a little bit. So we're still doing a few things that we're working out but we'll get that information to you once we have it. It's good to hear that there's a, a lot of things coming along there to make things more inclusive in their practices, but those reasonable adjustments for people of disability as well too. Thanks, Kerry. So what is the Disability Discrimination Act of 1992? So that's a very good question, Letitia. It's been out for a long, long time now, being 1992. So under the Commonwealth Disability Discrimination Act, reasonable adjustments are described as a duty of care to prevent direct and indirect discrimination against a person with disability. So what direct discrimination is, is when someone treats you badly because someone because of something that you can't change, like your disability. Indirect discrimination is when something that is required stops you from taking part in your community. For example, if the only way to enter a public building is by a set of stairs, this is not fair to people who are in a wheelchair because they cannot get into the building. I guess the other thing that we can put to here is if we look to the website for information about what services are there and people can't read that information. Reading's not something that they do very well and if there's big words, how do they understand that? So that adjustment would be making sure that there's a readability, a button that you can push and the information is read out for you. This makes sure access to health services meet the National Safety and Quality Health Services standards and that people with a disability are not being discriminated against. Reasonable adjustments include having a policy or having information about what changes the service needs to make to all areas of the of their practice so it is inclusive. The action plans from health assessments needs to be in easy English or with social stories, including pictures so patients can get the support they need to make decisions in, in partnership with their supporters and health professionals. This also should include having a range of health professionals working together in partnership. Well said, Kerry. I think it's great to um, work towards we want as minimum discrimination as possible in our society and I think also making healthcare accessible so that people can get the healthcare they deserve. So I'd also like to acknowledge Auntie Jane, who we were talking about before as well too. So Auntie Jane is a lived experience of intellectual disability. She is a strong self-advocate and identifies as a First Nation woman from Yorta Yorta country near Shepparton and is known as an auntie because she is an elder. She has represented Australian in the Special Olympics in swimming, and amongst many of other things, she was also the recipient of the Tony Fitzgerald Memorial Award at the Australian Human Rights Awards. The Tony Fitzgerald Memorial Community Award is awarded to a person with a track record in promoting and ad advancing human rights in the Australian community, not-for-profit basis. So Auntie Jane is a strong advocate and learnt these skills by being involved in some self-advocacy groups. Auntie Jane has been working with the SPIDER Project as a member of the, the reference group 
She also works alongside other members to review things in the spider that the spider project does. She also delivers training, as Kerry mentioned before, as a co-facilitator. She also delivers training as a co-facilitator alongside Kerry Robinson's spider project manager on inclusive and best practices in healthcare for people with an intellectual disability. The training sessions have been delivered to hundreds of local health professionals right across the Western Victoria region. In these sessions, Auntie Jane talks about her own health experiences and what makes her feel comfortable and welcome in the services. The importance of talking directly to her and the and people with a disability, understanding the role that support workers play, and providing information in easy use, easy easy words and less jargon. And the next three slides are going to be a recording of Auntie Jane. Auntie Jane. Yeah. When, te- when I came in for my appointment, I needed, if the health professional is running late, clinic staff should contact me before I arrive and update me when I arrive. Clinic staff to welcome me, listen to me and make me feel comfortable. Please greet me with a smile. If the desk is high or other barriers, please come around to talk to me. Clinic staff should talk directly to me, even when there is someone is supporting me. If the waiting room is busy, I might need a separate, um, I can't read the other part, Space to wait? Yeah, because I've got this here and covering it up. That's okay. Like yes. sitting in an office or, or a car. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 Now, Arnie Jane, can you help us out by giving us a, a, an example of good health care and what it means to you, please? Yeah. Um, my good um, health care is when I went to the Aboriginal Health Service going back um, last year, and I was my new on my new um, not NDIS worker, but a worker from Winteringham came along with me, and when um, we went into the doctor, we I explained to the doctor what was the matter with me and all this and that, and then we were in there for about five minutes, seven minutes, and I was telling her about all my health problems and all that, what was going on and that. And then after that, she bites up and says, is there anything else now? Are we finished? And when I, when she looked at me, I go, okay. And then when we walked out of the Aboriginal Health Service, I had a good word to her and I said, please do not ever do that again. It's my appointment, not your appointment. You put the hat on for wintering home. Leave that other hat on off where you work after hours. And that, and when you're with me, you put the wintering hat on, but you leave it up to me, I said. And ever since then, she has not spoken for me ever since, because I've laid the law down. Three key points from Arnie Jane. Number one, talk directly to me and listen to me. Do not talk for me. Number two, ask me questions and give me time to think and answer. Number three, be aware of my communication and support needs 
and inform other client, other clinic staff like the doctor or nurse. Powerful words there from Auntie Jane and thank you both uh, Nicole and Kerry for coming on and from the PHN and having a chat to us today about the spider project but also inclusive practices and reasonable adjustments and it was great to hear from Auntie Jane from the Rose recordings as well too. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, just thank you everybody for your time and thanks Letitia. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks guys. And on that note, our dear listeners, that is our final episode of Our Community is Able. Thank you for sticking with us throughout the year and we hope that you've gotten to learn about a variety of diverse topics about health and wellbeing and thank you to our presenters throughout the year that have contributed in this space as well too. And finally, a thank you to uh, the Western Victorian Primary Health Network for being a partnership in creating this podcast as well as Grampians Community Health. All right, dear listeners, it's Letitia signing off. It's been an absolute pleasure to bring this to you and wishing you well on your health and wellbeing journeys. Take care. Bye.
The music in this podcast has been created and donated by Caitlin Chatwin, an ally of the disability community. Our community is able, has Caitlin's permission to use this piece in, in the podcast. If you, a family member or carer, needs support to be linked in with telehealth meetings with your healthcare provider, you can find assistance at Grampians Community Health by calling our friendly customer engagement team on 53587400. They can then refer you to the SPIDER program to get you confident with using video calls or phone calls to get to your appointments. This could save you on time, cost and travel. Grampians Community Health respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land in which we live and work. We pay our respect to the elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal people. We acknowledge people with lived experience of intellectual disability and pay our respect to our wider disability community. We also mourn the loss of victims of ableism. If anything in this podcast has upset you, please look after yourself and don't be afraid to reach out for help. Lifeline are disability friendly and can be reached by texting 0477-131-114 or phone called on 131114. We acknowledge the rights for all people to access good quality healthcare services. We acknowledge family, carers and advocates and we respect the important role they have in supporting people of disability. Grampians Community Health delivers a broad range of healthcare and community services for individuals, families and our community. Our aim is to promote healthy living in the Grampians and Wimra whilst improving the standards of living. We offer the following support services, alcohol and other drugs, carer, family violence, mental health, NDIS and disability, health and wellbeing, older people, youth and social groups. Call us on 53587400 and our friendly customer engagement team will assist you. You can also visit our website which is gch.org.au. Follow us on social media and check out our other podcast, Community is Our Middle Name. Once again, thank you for listening into our Community is Able podcast and we look forward to you listening into our next episode. Take care in the meantime. Bye. Welcome to another episode of our Community is Able. This is our final episode for the series. A big thank you to our disability community and our listeners and let's get into today's episode.